0: You may be seated. Thank you very much for your worship. Thanks to our worship team that kind of filled in the gaps today. And um, I want you to turn to Psalms. If you have your phone, dial it up. uh, Or if you have your hard copies open. um, In the middle to the left and you'll find the Psalms. And this is, we're going to skip around today. Um, This is a sermon that is on the Psalms in general. uh, Instead of just one uh, in particular. And so... um, This is my drill. Uh, When we were going through the church remodel here, there's a guy named Rick Bolkin, and he was our kind of our general contractor, and uh, I was in here doing some lights and taking care of some of the things that were in my realm of responsibility, and uh, I had some tools, and he saw what I was using, and he handed me one of these, and uh, it took me about Two times to use one of these until I realized I need one of these. This is incredible. Uh, drill, drilled a three-inch screw into the wood in just a few seconds. Right? They are awesome. I see some heads shaking because you have one like this. I'm just going to call it a drill, okay? I know you're technical people. It's it's maybe an, an driver drill or whatever. I'm just going to call it a drill. And what I have learned about the drill is. That I cannot get by without it. It is the go-to tool. I use it more than any other tool in my toolbox. It is useful. It is helpful. I would say, the word I would use, indispensable. Indispensable. The sermon today is how the psalms are like that. Um, The psalms, like the drill, is useful. They're helpful. And I would say they are indispensable to those of us who are trying to follow after God through Christ. The Psalms are an indispensable tool for the Christian, okay? The great thing about my drill is that there is no experience necessary. Nobody has to train you. Uh, It comes with a manual, but I think it's still in the plastic. There's no reason to read it, all you do is grab the drill, press the trigger, and, and you're going, okay? Now, there are some features here. There's a forward and a reverse, and there's a little thing that'll hold another thing, and there's a thing that uh, lets your bit come out, and, and when you uh, pull the trigger, there's a little light that's automatic. There's all kinds of cool little features on the drill, but at the end of the day, you just grab it, pull the trigger, and you're off, okay? And the Psalms are like that, a lot of cool features, but at the end of the day, the way to use the Psalms, the way to get good at using the Psalms, is just to use them. And the way you use them, if you, if a drill requires grabbing it and pulling the trigger, uh, the Psalms are reading them, praying them. Simple, right? Reading them, praying them, and so for centuries. Christians have been using this tool of the Psalms, reading through them, and praying them as they go, and it has helped immensely as they've lived this life of faith. Let me uh, throw a few quotes at you. These are some people who um, have written about what they think of the Psalms. And this Trimper Longman is a guy that wrote a commentary, a very useful commentary on the Psalms. He says, the Psalms teach us about God and our relationship with him. That is the heart of theology. The Psalter may be thought of as a portrait gallery of God presenting us with multiple images of who God is. That's a pretty cool (laughs) picture that we are going through an art gallery when we read through the Psalms except every piece of art is a different aspect of God. That's awesome. Gordon Fee says this, The Psalms, like no other literature, lift us to a position where we can commune with God, capturing a sense of the greatness of his kingdom and a sense of what living with him for eternity will be like. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this. He was a a minister in, uh, a German minister during World War II. He was killed by the Nazis. He said this, The more deeply we grow into the Psalms and the more often we pray them as our own, the more simple and rich our prayer will become. Do you feel like you don't have words when you pray? The Psalms are the solution for that. Finally, C.S. Lewis. He says, The most valuable thing in the Psalms, uh, the most valuable thing the Psalms do for me is to express the same delight in God which made David. Dance and so for centuries Christians have been using this tool, this book of the Psalms, and the way they've gotten good at using it is just to read and pray. And so today we're going to have a little um, time where I talk to you a little bit about how to read the Psalms, and then a little bit about how to pray the Psalms, and then we're actually going to do that. Where are my signs? I saw Larry Paddock, Larry. Larry, uh, yes, Larry, come first. You were right here. Come on up, Larry. And don't show him the backside. Yeah, keep that hidden. That's, that's a, yeah, that's the surprise, right? Uh, and what does the sign say? We are, I love this life. So in a couple sentences, tell us why this sign jibes with your life right now. I can't do it in two sentences. Can you try? (laughs) I love this life because it makes me happy. I know that the salvation that, that Jesus Christ has provided for us is in my future. I have great friends. I have great worship time. No matter what I do in life, I enjoy it and I thank God for that. Brilliant. Awesome. Thank you very much. You can sit down. Um, Flip your sign over, and this is the first of three categories uh, that the psalm, that most of the psalms will fall into. Uh, I'm getting real technical. I'm going to just term these categories the big three. Did you follow that? The big three, okay? The first of the big three, hymns. Hymns are when the psalmist writes about creation and writes about goodness. Hymns are what the psalmist write when life is humming and the the sun is shining. And the sky is blue and the temperature 76 degrees and the grass is green and everything is just going great. They talk about the order of life. They talk about the creation of life. They talk about the goodness and the awesomeness of life. All of those kind of uh, things that you were just describing. And when we come across a psalm like that, we would label it a hymn. Okay? Um, we understand... That life is broken, life is fractured, life is fissured, that it's tarnished, but we also get glimpses, don't we? Sometimes every day, we get glimpses of how good life is still underneath the tarnish. And if it were just polished off, oh, God has created such a great world. And so when we get glimpses like that, we praise, we praise. And the psalmist did that. A great example of a hymn is Psalm 104. Here's just a couple lines of that hymn. Um, The psalmist writes, you cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate, that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread to strengthen man's heart. And so the psalmist is pointing to Uh, this picture of maybe a farmer who's going out and his cows are fat and the corn is high and he's bringing all of this in and it's bursting off of the table and his uh, it's all about sustenance and provision and everything's working in harmony and everybody's happy and he is radiant his heart is bursting you can even see rosy red cheeks right it's like a norman rockwell painting is what the psalmist is after. And then at the very end of the psalm, he concludes this way, verse 35. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, praise the Lord. Because God has made the world this way. Bless the Lord, praise the Lord. So if there was a modern song that we could play and it might be an example of uh, a psalm that is a hymn, Okay. It would be this. Larry, would you like to help me? <laughs> Come on. Stand up. You'll know it. Everybody else can sing it along with us. Ah. I see trees of green. Let's I, I see, see trees of green. of green. Red roses too.
1: Red roses
0: too. I see them. I see I them, see them blue. blue. Oh blue. Cormion. And I think to myself. What a a wonderful wonderful world. That's right. Yes, Yes, I think to myself. Everybody together. What a wonderful wonderful world. That's a hymn. Yeah, that's a modern hymn. Everybody sing. Very good, very good. Give Larry a hand. Awesome. The first of the big three, a hymn, a hymn, okay? Who had my second sign? Was it? Yeah, come on up. Come on up, Kevin. Um, and this is Kevin, and uh, on the front of his sign, it says, why, oh God. And uh, Kevin, I'm going to have you tell everybody who you are, even though I've already told them. And uh, then, why does this sign describe your life right now? Hi, my name is Kevin Janes, and the reason I picked up this sign is, like, with tragedy going on in the world and things like ISIS triumphant and evils prevailed. And just when people kind of try to, like, mock God and say, why did God have, like, September 11th happened, and they say, why God? And, And my rebuttal to that is, why did God send his son to die on the cross for our sins? And... I had something else, but I just drew a blank. Hey, that's that's perfect. That's perfect. A lament. Turn the sign over. A lament. The second of the three, big three, right? We have hymns and we have the lament. And sometimes we will roll over psalms and the psalmist will say exactly what Kevin just said. Why, oh God, why are these things happening in the world? Why? Where are you? Have you abandoned us? I mean, what is going on? Who is in charge? And uh, the laments are when the rug gets pulled out from underneath us. Life isn't always neat and clean. Sometimes bad things happen. Sometimes tragic things happen. Sometimes the tires go flat. I had this written this last week. Guess what happened to me this morning? My tire's flat in the driveway. Sometimes that happens. And we say, why? Why, oh God? Why, oh God? Um, Sometimes it's our own fault. Sometimes it's just circumstances that happen that we have no control over, uh, but they damage us in some way. Sometimes it's uh, just we hurt for other people in our lives. Sometimes it's just that the order that we talked about in the hymn, the greatness of of God's creation, sometimes we discover that that order gets turned on its head and discombobulated. Anybody heard the name uh, Cecil in the last two or three weeks? Yes. Cecil the lion, right? Um, We have a whole country who is rallying to this lion. Um, At the same time that they're rallying to the lion, nobody's talking whatsoever about baby parts that are being sold for money. That's order that has been turned upside down on its head. By the way, if you are a Cecil supporter, I understand that, but I need you to read something. I need you to go to the New York Times. I need you to read an op-ed piece by Goodwill Inzu. He is a doctoral student in molecular and cellular biosciences at Wake Forest University. He is a native of Zimbabwe. He grew up with a lot of Cecils, and he has a very interesting take that you need to read. Okay. Sometimes the order of the world gets out of whack, and it's at that time that we say, why, oh God, how long do we have to endure this? It's a lament. Where are you? And a great example of that is Psalm 13. Here's what the psalmist said. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? It's like you've forgotten me. How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day. How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? And as you read down through that Psalm, you can hear the Psalmist. uh, You can hear his heartbreak. You can hear his sorrow. You can hear loss. You can hear fear. You can hear anxiety in those words. There's abandonment in those words. It is not a fun day for the Psalmist. And that's why he writes in this way. Why, oh God, curse this life, curse this life today? Um, if, Kevin James, there were a modern song, go ahead and stand up. If there were a modern song, uh, the, the <laughs> they're going to be lamenting when we, yeah, when we sing. sing. Is that it? Uh, you, you will know this song. Here we go. Okay. You can sing with me. Yesterday. All my troubles. Give him a hand. Laments, laments. Lament. My third sign. Judy, come on up. I'm going to have you tell people who you are and uh, why the song, uh, why the sign uh, describes um, something in your life right now. Okay, hi, my name is Judy Davis, and my sign says God is working in my life. And the way he's working uh, in my life is through quiet time with him, prayer, trust, and just giving him control of things. So I I need to get out of the way. Perfect. Awesome. Okay. Um, The final category of the big three, we've got hymns, we've got laments, and we've got psalms of thanks, psalms of thanks, or psalms of thanksgiving. And the psalms of thanks are similar to hymns, okay? But they are in a different category and they are separated by uh, a broadness to it. There's a broadness to a hymn. There's a specificity to uh, 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 thanks. In the hymns, the psalmists write about creation and all the world and the universe and the order that God has put together and all the things. But in the thanks psalms, the psalmists write about what God is doing in their life personally, what he's doing in my life, how he's guided me, how he shaped me, how he directed my path. It's my story. And so uh, when there are glimpses of that, that we have in our lives, right? We, we go through things and there are things that happen. Uh, Maybe you have one that's happened recently and you, after the fact, you just think there's no way that that would have happened if God wasn't directing my path, right? And it leads us to pray. Thank you. Thank you, God. A great example of uh, a thanks psalm is from Psalm 138. The psalmist writes, I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart before the gods. I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple. I give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul, you increase. Notice all the personal pronouns there. My whole heart. I sing. I bow down. I called. You answered me. My strength was increased. It's about the psalmist's personal experience. It's about the, the great things that God has done in his specific circumstances. And so he gives life. And so, or he gives thanks. And so, like Judy is saying, and God is working in my life through these events and these things that I'm doing. Um, so the psalmist give thanks for their personal stories. Okay, so <laughs> if there was a song, right, that would be a modern day example of a thanks. I got I to gotta be honest. You can stand up. I got to be honest. It's hard to find music that is actually thankful. You ever tried to do that? I found one, but it, it's a stretch. Okay, but here we go. Maybe you'll recognize it. And Did you Invited everyone you knew well, You would see The biggest gift would be for me And the card attached would say Thank you for being a friend Thank you for being a friend Thank you for being a friend, you being a friend. Do you watch the Golden Girls? No, I don't even. Thank either. you for being a friend Very good Thanks so there are big three big categories and the three categories when you read through the psalms and you recognize these categories what you're doing is you're allowing yourself to be inserted into the psalm if it's a hymn maybe it fits you that day if it's a lament maybe you're going through something rough it's as if it's a psalm of thanks maybe you can identify with what god has done in your life like the psalmist is identifying what God has done in his life. And so that's about reading. Now, how do we pray these? How do we pray that if we're going to read the Psalms and pray them, then how do we pray them? There are three ways really quickly. First, we pray verbatim. Some Psalms are written as prayers in the first place. Okay. And so we can take those Psalms that have already been written as prayers and we can pray them word for word just as they are written, just as they lay right in front of us. And so we come to a Psalm like Psalm 90 verse 14 and it says this, this is a great one to put on your mirror and while you're brushing your teeth, you say satisfy us in the morning with your, satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love. That we may rejoice and be glad all of our days. That's a great prayer to start your day with. It's even uh, more wonderful when you realize who, who wrote that. Uh, anybody have your Bible open? Who wrote Psalm 90? Anybody? Moses. Moses. Cindy gets a gold star for the day. Moses wrote Psalm 90. You mean I, can, I get to pray the same words that Moses prayed 4,000 some odd years ago while I'm standing in front of my mirror? Yes. Yeah, you can say, pray the same prayer. That's, that's pretty awesome. Second, and this is probably the most common way to pray the prayers, it is to paraphrase, to paraphrase. We paraphrase the psalm, we read down through it, and we take some lines, and we kind of reword them to fit our own circumstances, and then we pray those back to God. And so when we come to Psalm fifty nine one, and it says, deliver me from my enemies, O God, we realize that What David is writing here is, deliver me from my enemies because Saul's guys are after me. They're trying to kill me, okay? And we can take that line and we can think to ourselves, well, I don't have any enemies that are chasing me down and trying to kill me at least this week, right? But I do have enemies. As a Christian, I absolutely have enemies. In the New Testament, I am told that the world is my enemy, that my very flesh is in my enemy because I try to earn my own salvation instead of trusting in Jesus. I, I learned that the devil is my enemy. And so maybe my prayer would be rephrased, paraphrased in this way. God, would you help me with this temptation that keeps chasing after me? Would you help me when there's a trap in front of me? Would you help me to walk around it so that I don't get caught in the trap. Would you save me from it? Okay, whatever temptation that is for you, and that's a great way to pray the Psalms. Third, uh, we have verbatim, we have paraphrase, and then thirdly, and this this is the one that takes a little more thought, so it's a little harder to get, but it's very valuable, and that is responsive responsive, we can pray responsibly. And this is when we take uh, the Psalms, we read down through them, and we take a theme, we take a principle, we take a statement out of it, and then we use that theme or principle or statement, and we use it to shape our prayers, okay? So this last Tuesday, this is the uh, the, the line that stuck in my head uh, Tuesday morning, deliver me from lying lips and a deceitful tongue. Come to find out, um, the psalmist is not really asking there that God would help him to be a truthful person and, say, and tell the truth. What he's, what he's asking God for is deliverance from people who are in his life telling him one thing but then going away and, tell, and saying something very different when they're away from him. People who say they want peace, but all they want is war. But when they're around me, they're, they're, they're talking about peace. But then they go out and they start talking about war. Deliver me from that, oh God. And so I could take that idea, that statement, and that's a very easy prayer to pray. God, there are so many voices in our culture. News anchors and and, uh, commentators and celebrities and politicians, and there's so many voices in our culture, God, that are telling us one thing, but it's all nonsense. Would you deliver me from that? Help me to navigate through that in my life and to find the real truth that is in your word. Okay? So, uh, paraphrase. All right? So, that's all academic. Let's get very practical, and uh, let's actually pray some of these psalms. Okay? So, Larry, stand back up, and uh, refresh us again why you chose that sign. I can't do it in two sentences. <laughs> It seems to me that uh, every morning when I get up, I look forward to that day. I look forward to that day because I know that Jesus Christ is in my life. And I will do everything I can to live for him. Awesome. And I'm glad of that. Perfect. Now, we're going to take Psalm 92, and we're going to pray this verbatim. Okay, so what you just said will pair perfectly with this psalm, and we're just going to pray it out loud. Father, it is good to give thanks to you, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp and the melody of the lyre and even the iPad. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. And all the people said, Amen. 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 Thank you, Larry. All right. So, we have the hymn, and we prayed that verbatim. We have a lament, right? Yep. And we're going to pray this um, paraphrasing, and we're going to go to Psalm chapter uh, 13, verses 1 to 6. And so, in this psalm, I'll just pray for you, okay? And I'll take some of those phrases, and we will reword them a little bit, and we'll move our way through the song. And so, uh, Father, I want to pray for my, my good friend Kevin And I want to express to you our frustration. It seems like you're hiding from us when there are things and groups in the world like ISIS that seem to be against everything that you would stand for. How long would we have to endure this, Lord? How long will the sorrow last? How long will enemies like that seemingly win? Lord, would you help us? Would you give us light in our eyes, would you give us strength so that, so that our enemy won't prevail over us, um, whatever that enemy is? Father, would you help us most of all to trust in your word, to rejoice in your salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. And because we know we have that salvation, we can sing to you because we know what you've done in the past and we look forward to what you will do in the future and all the people said. Amen. uh, Thanks. Awesome. Okay, so hymns, laments, we prayed verbatim, we prayed with a little paraphrase, and Judy, stand up one more time, and uh, this is our uh, hymn of thanks, and uh, we're going to pray responsibly, okay? So we're going to go to uh, Psalm 138. Uh, We're going to take verse 1, and then skip down to 7 and 8, and um, we're going to take some themes in this song. So I give you thanks with my whole heart. That's a theme. My whole life should be uh, uh, full of thanks to God, Mm -hmm. whatever I do, okay? Here's another theme at the very end, that God has a purpose. He will fulfill. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. So he has this plan, and the psalmist is asking, Lord, don't abandon your plan. Keep up with your plan, because sometimes I plan for my life, and my plans aren't any good. So keep up with your plan, okay? So let me pray for you, Judy, in that way. Father, we thank you that we have the ability, no matter what we do in life, to give you thanks, whether it's speaking, whether it's sitting, whether it is at work, whether it's with our family, whatever we do in life, we have the ability to praise you and give you thanks with our whole heart. Would you help us to do that? Would you help Judy to do that? And we know, Lord, that you have a plan for her. You have a plan for us. We're asking you not to forsake that plan because we've seen what it's done already in the giving of your son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. And that's why we give you thanks. And we can trust you that your plan will work out for our benefit in the future. So we want to give you thanks, O Lord, for all that you have done. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. amen. Awesome. Now, tell me about those prayers. Were those prayers a little deeper than maybe a prayer or two that you've prayed this week? Why why were they Was it anything I came up with? Nope. It was a tool of the Psalms, right? Um, Proficiency comes by use. I didn't have to do much other than use the drill to learn how it's best used. And it's the same with the Psalms. Uh, They will be an invaluable, indispensable tool for you if you will just use them, read them, and pray them. And so, I've given you an assignment this week. It's in your bulletin uh, on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, There are Psalms that are listed for you that are hymns, and I want you to pray those verbatim. Find a line in there and just pray it back to God. On Wednesday and Thursday, because we're all lamenting in the middle of the week anyway, right? Right? Uh, There are some hymns of laments, uh, Psalm 3, 38, 55, 43, and I want you to paraphrase those in your own words and pray them back to God. And on Friday and Saturday, we're all thankful for the weekend, right? And so we're going to pray the Psalms of thanks, 16, 30, 52, 116, and I want you to pull out some themes, some statements in the Psalm and pray those back to God. Let them shape your prayers. All right. Give thanks to uh, our stage volunteers today, thank you guys. You can leave the signs right there. And uh, we really appreciate your help. One thing that I know about tools is that you really, you, when you buy a tool, you're really not after a tool. Isn't that funny? I didn't buy a DeWalt drill so that I could put it on my mantle and when people come into my house, I could say, look at my drill. Isn't that cool? You don't buy a drill for the drill. You buy a drill for what the drill will get you, right? And in my case, the drill needed to get me the ability to drive a three-inch screw. The, the drill needed to give me the ability to, to make a hole so that I can route some wires where they need to go so that I can uh, build a birdhouse and have a front door. For the birdhouse. You don't buy the tool. What you're after is what the tool can give you. And it's the same with the psalms. They are are such brilliant literature. I mean, in the history of mankind, the psalms stand out as some of the best literature ever written. But if we just put them on our wall and admire them because the words are pretty, we've missed the point. We're not using the tool. The psalms, when we use them correctly. Those words, those exquisite words will drive us somewhere. They will give us something. And what they give us, if a, if a drill gives me a hole, then what the Psalms give me is a Savior. The Psalms point to Jesus. And that's what I really need. I don't need flowery words. What I need is a Savior. And that's where the Psalms will point me. It's why Jesus, of all of the Old Testament books, in his teaching, he quotes most often the Psalms. It's why, as he's hanging on the cross and he's nailed to it, he prays Psalm 22. Why, God, have you forsaken me? Because he's used the Psalm over and over and over in his life, and he's used it to continue this conversation that he's having with God. And that conversation has gotten deeper and deeper. and The relationship has gotten deeper and deeper and it's resulted in massive amounts of trust. And so as he's sit, laying on the cross nailed to it, and it looks like his circumstances uh, are saying you're done, right? Right? He can go back to that relationship that he has with his father that was built by his use of the psalms and he can say, my circumstances are lying to me. The cross, the nails, those are temporary. What is eternal is the word of God that I already know. God will deliver me from this. Why, God, have you forsaken me? It's the same words that David prayed. And at the end of that psalm, he says in faith that he's able to say, the Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. Even though my enemies are all around me and it doesn't look like you're acting on my behalf, I'm going to trust you. The Lord reigns. And Jesus prayed that same prayer while he was on the cross. Why have you forsaken me? Everything looks like it's against me but I'm going to continue to trust you because I've read your words, I know your words, and I trust you. And because he did, the grave is empty, and three days later, he is risen because the God of the Psalms came through on his promise. What are you after when you go to the Psalms? Savior, that's what you need. Let the Psalms point you to what you need. And so the Psalms are this practical tool that we need as Christians. Just like you go out to the garden and you take a hoe. Just like students go back to school, right? I'm sorry to remind you of that. Uh, But in a few days, you're going to go back to school and you're going to take a pen and paper. You're going to take a backpack and you're going to fill it with protractors and rulers and compasses and glue and all that good stuff because those are the tools of education. You need them just like that. A builder will grab a drill in order to repair, in order to remodel, in order to build. And the Christian, in order to live by faith, in order to trust the God of the universe, grabs the Psalms and uses them as the powerful tool that they are to get to know the Savior. Let's pray. Father, Would you help us to use this thing that you have given us, this book? It allows us, if we don't know what to pray, it gives us the words. And in giving us the words, it allows us to deepen a relationship that you began in the first place. Just like a, a, it's cute for, for a little toddler, right, to run around babbling words, dada, mama. It's not so cute when that same person is 30 years old and saying exactly the same things. Father, may not that not be us. Oh, would you help us to learn the language that we need to learn so that we can speak to you? so that we can get to know you, so that we can come to trust you, so that when circumstances are pressing in all around us, we can immediately go and say, our circumstances are the thing that are lying to us. It is your word that is true. Father, would you point us to the Savior? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.